marked safe from Biden's incomprehensible word choices today. The Kate Daly Show starts now. So it's not going to be easy. It's going to be really hard. And we're going to have to work at this every day. But I want to do that because I want you. I want all of you forever. You and me every day. (laughs) Will you do something for me? Please. You just picture your life for me. 30 years from now, 40 years from now. I would rather have had one breath of her hair. One kiss of her mouth. One touch of her hand. Than an eternity without it. One. We live in a cynical world. A cynical world. And we work in a business of tough competitors. I love you. You complete me. And I just had... Shut up. Just shut up. You had me at hello. You had me at hello. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Welcome to the Kate Daly Show. Happy that you're listening in today, of course. Um, wow. That uh, that was the notebook, the Nicolas Cage. Then, of course, you complete me. Shut up. You had me at hello. I know. You just love it, don't you? You just eat it up. I know. I, these are some of my favorite movies. What can I say? Melissa, uh, Midwest Melissa's on with me today. How are you, Melissa? I'm really good. Happy Valentine's Day. Kate. Yeah, the day that I'm not crazy about, but I love my people. I just, I call it Hallmark Enrichment Day and um, the Flower <laughs> Enrichment Day. And I just, to me, I don't like to be like, like pressured, right? To say something or to do so or have anyone else in my life pressured, right? To say something to me. That's the only part I don't like. Am I a romantic though? Yes, I am. I married in 12 days. That's how romantic I am. I literally, uh, my husband said, let's go get married. We did. We eloped. Um, so it only knew him 12 days. That's romantic, don't you think? Uh, yeah. Yes. Some might have other words for that as well, but it seems to have worked out in your case. <laughs> Crazy? Insane? Uh, yes, I check, I check all the boxes. But yeah, I don't like Hallmark and Richmond Day. I'm not a fan. So we don't really celebrate it at my house, but... Um, but you know what, though? I can see why people do. Good for you. You know, good for people. Do you celebrate it? Uh, well, my husband is working late this evening, so yeah. I said, okay, here's the deal. I said, we're going to have to go out for dinner a different night, which yeah. worked out really great mm-hmm. because I didn't have to cook. And yeah. we were not in the crowds of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And we just had a nice evening away from the house. So yes. Yes. in that regard, yeah. yes. But yeah. I'm with you. It's just... Yeah. Some of it is kind of silly. Right. But we're going to go in so many directions today. It'll be a breath of fresh air with the news cycle and all the things that we have to absorb on a daily basis. Of course, we're going to take your calls. So if you're listening to this live in the afternoon and you can get this number right off the website, 888-673-1450. And you can go to katedallyradio.com to get that number. But you can call up and we'll take your call and you can voice your um, love or disdain for National Love Day, <laughs> if you want. I'm, I'm game for all of it. So where do you want to start, Melissa? 
Well, I have a different take on it. Okay. So instead, like, you know, this is the day that we think about the birds and the bees. Sure. So we're going to talk about birds today. Okay, let's do Isn't it. Isn't that a goofy thing? Yeah, let's it's do it. It's not Hallmark. I want to learn Hallmark. something, so we're good. Go for it. This is really fascinating. Okay. So I'm, I want to start off with a thought experiment for you to, okay. to just kind of illustrate right. how we, we, we need to think about the world around us in a different way. You're in a room, and in in the room with you is an owl, a bat, a mouse, a spider, a mosquito, and a rattlesnake. Okay. okay. And suddenly the lights go off. The bat is just fine. No, no light. The bat has echolocation. He knows exactly where he is. Okay. He's going to fly around and be just fine. Um, the owl mm-hmm. has such acute hearing that it's not going to be worried about anything. Mm -hmm. It can also fly around. It could find a mouse in the room. Um, The rattlesnake detects heat, so it knows where everything else is. When you said snakes, I thought of uh, politicians. But go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Lay the politicians (laughs) in this scenario. Well, maybe they can detect heat as well. (laughs) Hard to say. Uh, The spider is also not going to care. Um, because it feels the world through vibration. So every time you move, it knows where you are. The mosquito is going to follow your carbon dioxide trail, and it's going to come and land on your skin. But because you are so visually attuned, you're at a complete loss in the, the black room. Right? Okay. So I want you to think about how we perceive the world mm-hmm. and the world we live in is full of these other creatures who do not think like us, who do not perceive like us. They are more alien beings to us than they are our familiars. And that's a really weird thing because they're so familiar to us. We, you know, if you walk out the door and you look at birds, you know, I, I, I just, for about a year now, I've had a bird feeder, one of those things that you stick on your window outside and we put food in it. And I watch the birds come up there all the time. And I'm telling you, birds have got some personality. They really do. Really? The okay. littlest birds can be the snippiest little things. And, <laughs> and some of the bigger birds mm-hmm. are also snippy. Interesting. <laughs> but there's, there's a hierarchy for sure. Which birds can dominate? Which birds will move out of the way? But I wish I, you know, and I I have a suspicion that we would probably know if we could understand their language. Do birds have a language? Do they speak a language? I don't know. I mean, it would be dogs have personalities. So I would imagine that other creatures do, too. Right. So we can see it more visually and we spend more time with dogs. Right. I, I would think out of any, out of anything, cats are just mean, but <laughs> dogs <laughs> dogs are are wonderful, right? So dogs, um, I love dogs, but dogs have their unique personality. So I guess birds would. I've never, you know, I've never really thought of it. That's funny. Well, <clears throat> the last about thirty or so years has seen a complete revolution in the science, like the ornithology science, and so questions like. What makes birds tick? What do they think about? How do they communicate? Why do they sing? Who, which among the birds are doing the singing? 
Can other birds understand what other birds are singing? <clears throat> do they collaborate? Do they cooperate? Or are they competitive with each other? Are they just instinct driven or do they learn things? Hmm. Do I, and you know, I, I have never thought about that. Do birds actually learn things? And like you said, we know dogs and we know that dogs can be trained to do tricks. They can train to be, to do certain things, but do they have the ability to kind of think through and problem solve on a more sophisticated level than we've given them credit for? You know, do yeah. they do they do that? Do they learn when their environment changes? Do they learn? Well, or are they just creatures of instinct? I know there are certain songs they sing right before the sun's going to rise. They're very, very in tune with what's going on in the earth. So we can capture a lot from birds. Uh, they start to act strange if uh, if if an earthquake is is pending or something's going to happen. You'll see animals. You'll see birds act strange. Um, but there are there are certain songs that they sing. It's really strange. Um, right before right before that the things happen on the earth. I thought I always I've always thought that was kind of neat. Well, and here here's an illustration of it. Uh, nesting viri, the type of bird is called a viri, are better than meteorologists at predicting the severity of the upcoming hurricane season. Hmm. They know it, during their nesting season in like March and April, whether the coming September, August and September is going to be a severe season. They anticipate storms. They adjust the length of time that they actually brood their their eggs you know sit on the mm -hmm, nest mm -hmm. and how long it takes they can they can actually adjust how soon it takes for their eggs to hatch so that they have a a shorter period so that they can get out of the way before hurricane season comes smart little things um they adjust their their migration to south america ahead of the hurricanes but how do they know that back in march right Good question. That's a very interesting thing. And they're more predictable than our own people with radars and satellites and eye in the sky and all that stuff. How do the birds know that? Hmm. That's a different kind of knowing. That's a different way of knowing. And we have no idea how they do it. Right. They're like magicians, little bird so magicians. So true. I wonder how AI is going to try to emulate or, you know, try to uh, copycat animals and, and birds, things, things of this nature, because I don't know that they can, I don't think they could ever get it right. I don't, just like they can't get it right with us. I don't think they, they could. I don't, I don't know that there's any way to, because they're such different creatures. Well, that's an interesting thought because I think AI we're going to discover also perceives and has a different kind of intelligence than what we're used to dealing with. Hmm. And it's going to be a different kind of game. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're just at the brink of understanding some things about birds. Like I said, the in, in the past, the general thought was that birds were just creatures of instinct. Mm -hmm. They Their behaviors were based on their evolutionary advantages, you know, how to get a better mate, how to get better, you know, yeah. climb up the food chain, how to be more successful at getting food. Now... The science and some of the science has changed because of like brain imaging, and they know now that birds are not as, as instinctual as we may have assumed in the past. That they actually 
teach each other social skills and they teach each other all kinds of skills. And if you have a group of birds that all teach each other a certain skill and the same type of bird over in a different part of the island is mm-hmm. does it a different way? Right. That means they have culture. Right. That's kind of the definition. Here's the uh, of what carpenter's song. Is. Here's the carpenter's song. Why do birds suddenly appear? Hmm, I wonder. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Alfred Hitchcock wondered that at one point. What do the birds know? (laughs) Hmm, we're going to come right back more with Melissa. Yes, the House voted to impeach the border security chief. Uh, Yes, today, because of the interview with Putin, they're trying to say that Russian nukes are on their way. (laughs) We don't actually believe that, do we? Okay, be right back on National Love Day. Be right back, Kate Daly Show. Here's some comments from you guys in working with Birch Gold, which I absolutely love. You've heard me talking about them on the air. There's a reason for that. I think there's a crucial time right now in which you have some choices to make, which you can shore up your IRAs and your um, accounts with gold. And it might not cost you a dime, which is awesome. Um, But here's one comment. This was my first time purchasing precious metal products. I did my due diligence and educated myself on how precious metals are priced and sold. I chose Birch Gold because of the very high marks on their business practices. It was the right choice for me to go with Birch. The whole transaction was smooth with no high pressure. Don't you just love that? I love that. Also, establishing my new IRA, filling it with products will provide me security against the waning U.S. dollar. The staff at Birch Gold honed their process of teaching how to inform potential clients of their services to very efficiently opening new accounts and providing expertise and assistance by selecting the appropriate PMs to purchase for their customers. I love that. There's so many great comments from you guys. High marks, definite high marks with Birch Gold. You love them. I'm so glad. By the way, get some help. Just text 989898. Text my name, Kate, and you'll get some free information. Please do that. Just text my name over while you're sitting there. Information is free. That's fantastic for you. Thanks. This is the Kate Daly Show. I thought I knew when love was true. I was filled with expectations. Then you came along. Welcome back. Just playing really gaggy love songs. <laughs> the worst. Um, and I love you uh, is the name of this song. Um, wow. All right. Welcome back. Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com. Uh, look, um, not to rain on the love parade, but look, we've got some problems and every global reserve currency in history has been replaced. Boy, was that a pivot. Every single one. The issuing government, right, spends more money than it has, usually during wartime, which has been for us the last 80 years, debate 100 years, debases the currency and then defaults on debts as well, which is coming, shattering the trust that's necessary for any currency to survive. Please text 989898. Text my name. That's the only message you send. K-A-T-E. Kate. How easy is that? Get some information. It's free to get. I appreciate you doing this because this means that I know that you're going to get some good information. Then you can start making decisions about getting your investments backed with gold. It doesn't cost you anything to do that. 
It's such a great move. Also, buy gold and silver from them as the gold shortage shortage is looming and coming. So lots of, st- lots of things to do, lots of stuff we have to prepare for. But I just please just want you to know to please text 989898 for some wonderful information. Uh, Melissa is uh, Melissa's back with me. And, of course, let's take a quick call. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Yeah, hi, Kate. Hi. Hi. I just wanted to add an interesting fact about some birds. Uh-huh. Um, they're monogamous. Mm. So the most famous example is the pigeon. Oh. So they're monogamous. And there's some other birds like that. Penguin. I'm not sure if it's Canadian geese. Penguin, I right? think that's just mind-blowing. Yeah, that is. I think the penguins mate for life, don't they? Yeah, there's <clears throat> there's several yeah. different types of birds. Okay, thank one you. Of the things you. Appreciate that. Yeah. One of the yeah. things that kind of I thought was fascinating. Uh-huh. Um and the the book that I have just read is called The The Bird's Way mm-hmm. by Jennifer Ackerman. Okay. And one of the things that she points out is that to know a bird is to know a bird. Mm-hmm. You can't make lots of generalizations about all birds okay. because they're so different from one another. Mm. Like people. So, yeah, you <laughs> you do have monogamous mate for life birds. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's resume by talking about the fact that birds are more intelligent Mm -hmm. than we have given them credit for. They are closer in intelligence to uh, primates than they are to reptiles. So on, on the evolutionary chain, there are some very, very intelligent birds um, there's one called a Clark's Nutcracker that's found in Western North America. And they are able to, they have phenomenally great memories. Think of this. They can bury 30,000 pine seeds in thousands of locations over dozens of square miles. And they can remember those stashes for months and months, up to a year. Mm. Oh, wow. So I can't remember where my car keys are and where I left my phone. So, <laughs> so true. clearly the it is bird so has true. The remember remember here. Tesla had quite the relationship, right, with his pigeons. I mean, almost kind of a weird relationship if you ask me, but it was uh it was a relationship nonetheless and um he depended on them, right, for messages, right, to send messages, but he did. He sure. really kind of if if we if we learn things from Tesla, he loved how birds interacted and loved f- realizing things about birds. I don't know if people realize that. Well, there was one of the there. things that they have discovered, and uh-huh. this comes from brain imaging, uh-huh. you think, well, a, a bird is so tiny. They have got itty bitty, teeny tiny brains, right? Uh-huh. So how many neurons could they have? Well, one of the okay. things that they have discovered, birds have thousands more neurons for a similar sized animal in the mammal world because their neurons wrap much more tightly and they're very sensory based. So birds, things like vision, things like hearing um, are much more acute for birds than they are for mammals. In a lot of ways, birds would outperform any one of us on any number of kind of intelligent scales okay we're gonna so come they right have it might be teeny but they're powerful hmm. we're gonna come right back more with midwest melissa when we come back birds and the bees we're focusing on birds be right back
The Kate Daly Show. This is called Love Goodbye. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, love songs. I love them. Like feelings from Morris Albert. Anyway, <laughs> there's just so many. Um, Interesting ones. We'll give it that. Uh, so sometimes sometimes you just never want to hear them again, right? Because they're so gaggy, but whatever. Uh, welcome back. You know what? Let's take a, a call, a caller. We're online with uh, Midwest Melissa, but let's take a caller first. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Well, hey, Kate. Hey, Hi there. Melissa. Hey. Go hey, right ahead. So I really like uh, the conversation you guys are having. Um, it reminds me of a class I took in college, and our professor was really big into birds and bats. Um, he made a really interesting comment, and I've always thought of that now um, after I listened to the birds in the spring. He said, you know, if we could understand what they were saying during that time, you'd have to plug your children's ears because it would be really R-rated. What? <laughs> because, really? Because they're calling, you know, they're saying, hey, baby, like, <laughs> look what I got. And they're trying to, you know, oh get... get get a mate so it was really eye-opening to to think about hey you know what they really are conversing and having these conversations right and what's really interesting too about the weather thing is frequency so you know the more that i've learned about different insects and animals the more they really rely on the sixth sense of frequency that's around them Mm -hmm. because the earth is is giving off different different frequencies and they the animals can pick up on those things Wow. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Thank you so much. That was informative. Yeah. (laughs) I totally am in with that. And that it just stirred a memory for me here. Mm -hmm. From the time I was a little kid, I would, I had, I noticed that right before we get severe thunderstorms, it will get perfectly silent. Yes. And they take refuge. They take refuge. You will not hear a bird, not one. And as soon as the weather passes, you'll hear start to hear the birds come back. So, yeah, they know. And what are they sensing? Can they hear something farther than we can? Mm-hmm. Are they feeling, you know, some kind of electronic change in the air? Who knows? But, uh, yeah, you know, some of these old wives' tales that we've grown up on, mm-hmm. some of them are factual. They're true. And they come from a people in a time when people were much more closely observant of the natural world. So true. They fly I, low to avoid the discomfort of falling air pressure. So they, uh, they fly low and then they take refuge. So you won't see any birds flying high and you'll know a storm is coming. You'll know that, you know, it could be a disaster looming too. Yes. Right. Well, I want to, I want to pivot around now okay. to language because the caller just brought that up too. And not everything that birds say is super R rated. Because one of the things that birds also do is they are really astute at sounding the alarm. And this is a really intriguing thing to me. Birds birds can understand each other in certain cases, especially with alarm calls. Sometimes one, one species of bird will know the alarm call of another bird. And I, I, I sent you a thing for a chickadee. And we're probably all familiar with the chickadee call. So if you want to play the little chickadee call, you'll hear it go chickadee-dee-dee-dee-dee. Okay, here we go. 
It's coming again. Hold on. Here we go. Oh, I had it. Yeah, okay. Check a DDD. Yeah. There it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Interesting. So what researchers have discovered is that those are almost, it, it operates almost as a language. A chickadee, when they are using that particular call, that chickadee, dee, 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 mm -hmm. dee, they can sound the signal for the type of predator, whether it's coming from the land or the air, and how big it is. So I, it made me wonder, I've heard that before in my backyard, and I'm like, oh, maybe they think I'm the predator. <laughs> um, wow. But they have done experiments with different bird calls. Mm -hmm. You can rearrange the the syllables, if you will, and birds respond differently to it. It's like asking somebody, like, cake, would you like a pancake or would you like a cake pan? If you flip the, the syllables around, if you flip the words around, it has different meaning. So the reason I found that to be so, so interesting and we're going to pivot off of the birds here for a minute. And we're going to talk about the development of human language. Because the first thing that has birds and human beings are the only two animals that share a similar voice capability. You know, we've all heard like parrots that can speak. That's because sure. they have the vocal cords to do it. My dog will never be able to do that because he doesn't have the same vocal structure in his throat to be able to, for him to make words. So I'm sorry to say Planet of the Apes is off the table. <laughs> but um, Darn. so <laughs> there are some people, there are some researchers now, uh, human researchers, people, how far back does language go? And there are some similarities between bird song and human speech. Um, and human produced music. So you have in both, you have intonation and phrasing mm -hmm. and in music, there's no actual words. So all three of those things are components of bird song as well as human produced music. Interesting. So there is a similar thing. There's a shared architecture. There's even, like I just pointed out, there's even syntax. There's a difference between a cake pan and a pancake. And that also translates the same for bird song as it does for human language. So now these researchers are in a big squabble. Which came first? Did music come first for humans or did language come first? And so half of the group says, well, there's no real purpose in music. I mean, it doesn't give you any biological advantage. So surely language, which is much richer and, and it carries, that surely came first. But the other people point out in childhood, children learn music and singing before they ever learn to speak. And if you listen to a baby babble, it has intonation and it has phrasing and it has rhythm. Fascinating. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay. it is fascinating. Newborns will know their mother's voice, not from any word, but they recognize the pattern of her speech. And not only that, babies have a preference for their mother tongue rather than like uh, uh, my children would have had a preference for English that mm -hmm. I speak as opposed to Japanese or Russian. 
because they heard that prenatally. I've never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Isn't yeah. It? So birds also, we know, have a high degree of musical faculty and that music for us is the language of emotion. It is also a language of emotion for birds, whether you're talking about, hey, 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 there's a big hawk in the sky or whether you're saying, hey, baby, come on over. You know, my nest is the best in the neighborhood. <laughs> the visual um, I just got on that. But go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so there's a group of scientists who have said that early modern humans might not have spoken at all. They might have whistled and sung. They're called singing the singing Neanderthals, right? And... This is what I found really fascinating. I want you to cue up the it's a it's another language. It's called Silbo language. And this little clip is this exists on the Canary Islands. There's a couple of places in the world where there are human languages that are whistled. And it's amazing. So if you want to okay. cue that up and play it. Okay. Um, we have to go to a break, but I'm going to come right back and do that. So we'll come back and I'll, I'll okay. play that for you. Perfect. And uh, yeah, I want to hear it now. <laughs> we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll be right back. Stay with us. Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com. This is the Kate Daly Show. I love you. I simply love you. Oh, won't you believe <laughs> me? <laughs> I want another gaggy love song for you. It's called I Simply Love You. If you didn't get that from <laughs> the song itself, I'm sorry. Some things just make me laugh. Anyway, uh, gaggy love songs make me laugh. Uh, National Love Day today, if you're celebrating, and um, and um, I'm not a big fan, but if you are, that's okay. And I also want you to I invite you to call in 888-673-1450, offer, offer up your tidbits. The birds and the bees, obviously the day of the birds and the bees, but we're focusing on the birds today with Midwest Melissa because I'm always game to learn something and I'm learning so much in this hour. I really appreciate you taking on this book and 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 science of this. I think this is kind of cool. Right, so thank you, Melissa. It is kind of cool. I, I love like this. Um, also make sure and get over to activatefiq.com and get the supplements that are made right. The ones that are actually going to absorb into your system. It matters what supplements you take and it matters what company makes them. Activatefiq.com after a lot of hunting. These were the guys that I take my copper from and my whole C, a lot of vitamin D, a lot of different supplements from because they have what they have the kind of product that absorbs in your body. And that's the most important thing. Go to activatefiq.com because you're going to get more bang for your buck actually, because they absorb and put in the code Kate. Okay. And of course my pillow, go to mypillow.com and order some wonderful sheets, treat yourself to some towels and a robe and some slippers. You will, and the pillows of course, because you'll love their products, but put in the code Kate. All right, Melissa, let's, uh, let's play that, uh, song. Let's play that bird. Right? Yeah. The whistling well, language. This is, okay. This is human beings. Okay. Oh, yes, you're right. Okay. This is so. a human language. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Oh, now, 
botella de vino rosado. Another example. Also, noch ein Beispiel. Noch ein Vorbeugungsmord, for example. Una botella de agua. So interesting. <laughs> okay. Oh, wild. All right. So are are we listening to the remnants of an old language? Hmm. Or what is that? And and there's a couple of other places in the world that have a whistling language like that. One of them is in Turkey. And it's because of the distance, partly, that you can be heard with a whistle compared to a, a voice. It's very interesting. All right. I'm loving um, it. So let, let's take a quick call. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Make it quick. Yeah, I was raised on a farm. I've been around animals and birds my whole life. Uh-huh. And you can really start to understand how these birds and animals talk. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It, I agree with you. Yeah. You know what? Uh, there was a, you had a story, Melissa, about that. Yeah, they are. Um, in Australia, there are, uh, the name of the bird is a honey eater. And honey eaters are the new, new Holland honey eaters are the alarm birds of the Australian outback. And so there was a woman who was studying, and when she when she would go to do the studies, she kind of began to tune into the honey eaters because whenever they raised the alarm, um, there was always something around. She knew honey eaters were the birds that warned everybody else. There's a there's a raptor. There's a snake. There's something dangerous going on. And what's interesting is. Other birds knew that sound too. They it was cross species. She said they are the birds that warn everybody else, and everybody else pays attention to them. And she said it was so profound for her when she got back to England, where she lived after studying in Australia. She said it was almost like one of her senses was missing because she she always knew when she heard the honey eaters to look around, see what's mm. what's up. Because they were so reliable and so predictable. Wow. It almost became one of her thing. senses. Like it almost became like she was very yeah, dependent it on did. it. Hmm. So I, I also, we were talking on the break. If you remember in Star Wars, when we heard R2-D2 do his little beepity boop thing. Yeah. We always knew what he was talking about. Yeah. How could we know that? Inflection. Because, yeah, because it's it's a it's a language that's different. It makes me wonder whether Steven Spielberg or George Lucas maybe patterned that after some of this. Well, we would be remiss if we don't kind of finish off with some of the really crazy, amazing things that birds have done. Um, the smartest bird in the world is called the New Caledonian Crow. Mm-hmm. And in the wild, they make their own tools to catch insects. And tool making has long been regarded as kind of the unique privilege of human beings. But nope, crows do it. Hmm. Um, but I, wa- I, wa- I do want to kind of finish off with an African gray parrot named Alex. And Alex was a, um, he was trained, he was a lab bird. His, he got his name as an avian something experimental bird, like avian linguistic experimental bird. And he was raised from the egg by the woman that worked in the lab. 
and they decided to teach African greys are very adept. They're they're wonderful mimics. And she wanted to test whether it's just mimicry or whether there was something else going on for birds in their head. So she she taught him hundreds of words. Um, when the bird died, he could speak something like 250 different words. He was operating at about a five-year-old child level intellectually, really. Um, he could understand abstract ideas. Mm-hmm. He understood things like zero, the concept of zero. There's nothing there. Um he knew colors and shapes. And at one point when she was teaching him colors, he asked her, what color are my feathers? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. He wanted to know what color he was. Huh. Like that's red, that's blue. And what color am I? Hmm. And so they told him he was gray. He was an African gray. <laughs> um, Interesting. Thinking so bird. And it's, it, yeah. He was a thinking bird. So he could also, they could put items on a tray and say how many red things are on this tray and he could tell them how many red things there were um he could also um if you ask him what an object was made of he would pick it up in his beak and he would like taste it with his tongue and he could tell you if it was wood or if it was plastic or if it was glass so i there's um i i i we have another little clip, but you can oh, yeah. look it up on YouTube. Right. I, I don't want to spend the time because I really want to kind of wrap it up with this. There's another African gray. You've got about 20 name. seconds, 30 seconds. His Go name ahead. was Throckmorton. Okay. And this is about birds at play. He was so adept at mimicking the sound of the cell phone. He used to like to call he would you know with his stuff he would get the people he lived with to go look for the phone then he would pick it up and go hello uh-huh uh-huh bye and then he would hang it up unbelievable and the people said he was just jerking him around it was just a game unbelievable oh my gosh i love it smart little things keep your yeah. eye on them and if you you know if when stuff hits the fan keep your eye on the birds too uh, thanks exactly. so much, Melissa. Uh, Midwest Melissa, thank you. And on with on to the next hour with Susan. So uh, stay with us. You're going to want to hear what Susan has to say, too. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show.